and they thought, you know, hey, I'm young, I can pivot, I can do whatever I want. Let me explore professional sports. And I think you should always feel open to be able to do that and just be confident in your, not only in yourself, but your decisions and, and yeah, just go for it. I can't express that enough, just go for it. Welcome to Hot Coffee, Cold Beer. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. On this podcast, we'll sit down and share hot coffee or cold beer with the people inside the sports industry on and off the field who make live sports possible. Today, we sit down for coffee or beer with Kelsey Kraskian, a tenured sports business professional with experience as a marketing manager for both Adidas and Nike, who was a part of three world championship runs with the Golden State Warriors organization. You'll hear about how many bets Kelsey had to make on herself while taking the road less traveled, and what it's like to bring a lifelong Lakers fan to the Warriors Championship Parades. She's a graduate of one of the most beautiful schools in the country, University of California, Santa Cruz, with a master's from Oregon State. Kelsey now resides in Portland, Oregon with an infectious smile and a positive attitude. She exemplifies the perfect employee inside or outside of the sports industry. Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, do you have a hot coffee or a cold beer ready to go with you? I have a cold beer. I figured beer. you were perfect for this because Portland's kind of an underrated <laughs> beer city as well as like an underrated coffee city. So like this has got to be home field advantage for you. It is. I'm, I'm feeling really comfortable. So I really wanted to talk to you because as impressive as your career in sports has been from jobs in marketing with the MLS and two huge brands like Nike and Adidas to working for one of the most successful NBA teams in history with the Golden State Warriors, as amazing as all that is, it's just really nice to talk to somebody with some ties to Glendale, California, like my hometown. My family is from Glendale. So like both my parents went to Glendale High. My grandma still lives there. Like I have a ton of family that's still there. So yeah, I actually just visited i miss glendale, it. I represent miss it. i just i needed some glenn some g dale love you know so are you so i'm you're from, from glendale, glendale born and raised i actually still live here so where does wait i thought you were from utah where so did that fit my in? background is i lived in glendale pretty much my entire life until i was 21 and then i moved to salt lake city and i went to school southern utah university so i transferred to just a different part of the state of utah when i got done at suu i couldn't get a job in la to save my life like i went into job interviews and oh. they said suu is is that a junior college. And then in Utah, I could get any job I wanted. And I thought, all right, I'm just going to make a life here in in Salt Lake City. And while I was there, I was actually working for the Utah Jazz at the time. And my entire family moved to Salt Lake City. And get this shit, Kelsey. I'm, I'm working for the jazz and the jazz, it's kind of one of those places that people just stay. They do so many things so well that there's employees there that have worked there for 20 plus years. Like people just never leave. So in your mind, you're kind of like, all right, this is a lifetime job. I could just be here forever. So my parents sell the house in Glendale. They moved to Salt Lake city. And the week that they're moving to Salt Lake, I get a call from the LA Dodgers, my dream team. So literally I lived in Salt Lake with my parents for a month before I moved back to L.A., and I've been here ever since. They've been there ever since. God, if the Dodgers would have, would have called me, I would have died. So episode yeah. two, we talked to Daniela Baltazar, who I worked with at the Dodgers, and she tells this story about how she's at a job interview. They said, where do you see yourself in you know, five years? And she said, I see myself working for the Dodgers. And she just kind of put it out there into the universe. There's a very <laughs> faint conversation I had with a friend who was also from LA, they moved out to Salt Lake and we were catching up and they're like, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And I went, I either want to work for the jazz for the rest of my life, or I want to be a Dodger. And then life just happened after that in this fascinating serendipitous way. It's also because I look like the Mormon wet dream. Like I look like I was made in a Utah (laughs) factory. So I'm from LA. I lived in Salt Lake for a while. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I learned something new today. Cool. <laughs> so whenever we're looking at hiring candidates, I kind of have this personal belief that one of the most employable features is a diverse skill set. Like I like people that have gone out and done other things and use those skills to come back to whatever job it is now. So I want to know how applicants have taken their past experience and kind of put it all together to use that to get better at whatever they're doing now. And you are a fantastic sure. example of that because you took your sales background and applied that to marketing. And if I have this right, a little birdie told me you spent three years in the ABC newsroom. I did. It was, oh gosh, it was fun. It was so long ago. But my first job there was actually to operate the teleprompter. And gosh, I was like 18. And the teleprompter was a huge deal. And I mean, if you mess that up, you mess up. You, I mean, you can literally mess up the entire show. And if, if you go too fast or too slow, you know, then the anchor can't read. And I graduated, I guess, to the newsroom. And then I started helping writing stories. And those stories got read by the anchors on air or they were put on the website. But it was awesome. It was great experience. And I love telling this story. But my first story that I wrote was actually about an Oscar Mayer Wienermobile crashing into someone's home. <laughs> And it's, I mean, it's just so silly. Wieners crashing into the home would be a great name for a band. <laughs> it would. I love it. So we should start one. What do you think you picked up in the newsroom that would eventually help you in sales and marketing? That's an interesting question. I, I learned how to really, I think, step out of my shell a little bit. I mean, I was super shy and quiet. And to be honest, I still am a little bit, but I did an offsite job in the field once and the cameraman knew I wanted to be a weather woman, which is a whole other story. But he asked if I wanted to practice a bit on camera just for fun, so I could use it in a portfolio later. He turned on the camera and I literally just looked at him super awkwardly and I froze. Like I didn't say a word. I think from that point on, I mean, I really learned not only to overcome embarrassment professionally, but in that being a weather woman was not in my future. I learned that I really needed to speak up if I was going to achieve the goals that I had set for myself. And I was really going to have to step it up and speak up and be more intentional, I think. Failing as a weather woman would also be a great name for a band. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what skills overall do you think make a really good marketing employee? I mean, I think you need to stay curious. And I think, I mean, you need to be confident and always willing to listen um, and learn and grow. I mean, as a marketer, I mean, people literally look to you to grow their business and I mean, sometimes develop an identity and that's such a crucial business component. I mean, you need to be willing to own that space and just be confident, willing to adapt and be curious and creative. And especially today, do your research and stay up to date with trends and technology. And I cannot emphasize enough how much it's important for people to explore digital today too. But yeah, just, I mean, staying curious and being confident. I think one of the hardest things for young people coming out of school is, is dealing with this idea that you may have to change roles often or that what you get your degree in is not necessarily what you're going to get your career in. So for example, my degree's in public relations and then I went into ticket sales and contract negotiations. And in your world, you go from copywriting to sales to marketing, three pretty different things. So can you maybe touch on what it's like to pivot in those and how you decide you have to pivot? I mean, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I feel, I mean, that's the case for so many people. I mean. I just wanted to get involved in whatever I enjoyed doing. I think, I mean, for me, I sports was such a big part of my life. I mean, I played competitive soccer growing up. Baseball was, I mean, we were a huge baseball family. And it was weird. I mean, I wanted to be a weather woman and I explored that and I was at ABC and 
I realized it was just not a good fit. And I think you need to adapt and recognize what you're not only what you're good at, but what you enjoy doing. And quickly, I realized I wasn't enjoying it. And they thought, you know, hey, I'm young, I can pivot, I can do whatever I want. Let me explore professional sports. And I think you should always feel open to be able to do that and just be confident in your not only in yourself, but your decisions. And, and yeah, just go for it. I can't express that enough. Just go for it. Hell yeah. That's going to be our, our intro. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the show. So listen, we understand that not everybody can work in the NBA like today's guest, Kelsey. But for everybody who loves the NBA, you can stay involved with the sport we love through RTNBA, a personal favorite account of mine. RTNBA posts every single day with top basketball content, their daily interactive posts with basketball stats, humor, polls, stories, and so much more. It's an NBA fan's dream account. We're big fans of them here at the show, so give them a follow if you can. That's RTNBA on Twitter and Instagram. That's RTNBA. What are some of the magical memories you have of working for a world-class team? Because regardless of whether you ever stay in team sports or in sales or whatnot, those are experiences that for the rest of your life, you'll look back fondly of and no one can ever take away from you. Right. I mean, that was literally the coolest thing that I've ever done. And I don't, that might be the coolest thing that I ever will do. The memories, I mean, I will, I'll never forget being fitted for rings with my entire team. And what's interesting is in Santa Cruz too, I never felt like I didn't work for Golden State. Even when I was in Santa Cruz, I felt like I was I was a part of the Golden State organization. I mean, I went to all sorts of different events. I mean, when they went to the championship, I went to Cleveland. And it was just, it was really incredible getting to do that with my team and going from bar hopping downtown in Cleveland, being on the plane. I mean, so incredible. And it's like a family and it's it's very cool. Can you think back to the moment that you found out you were going to be a world champion? You're probably in the stands and the final buzzer hits and the Golden State Warriors are world champions. What goes through your head? What goes through your heart during something like that? It's insane. I mean, I don't even know if I can describe it. It's just pure, just bliss. It's it's honestly really, really cool. Awesome, unforgettable experience. And I mean, you're so in the moment. I I feel like today it's really easy to be thinking about the future and thinking about so many different things. But in that moment, you are there and it's really cool. I mean, it's you get goosebumps. It's so cool. So I need you to be honest here for a second. When you get a call from the Santa Cruz minor league basketball team, what goes through your mind? Because while you and I may know how beautiful and amazing Santa Cruz, California is, you know, it's a 60,000 person beach college town so the fact that they have a professional team is a little surprising in the first place so when you get a call from them of all places in the world what are your thoughts well it's funny i actually did not get the job the first time around so i got an email from their director of ticket sales at the time and i actually didn't get the job i was passed on and a few weeks later i got an email saying that they wanted to hop on a phone call with me and then they changed their minds or someone didn't take the position and i was given the opportunity it was awesome and i'll never forget that moment i was actually on a run and (laughs) it was very cool after my first interview they let me go to a game but i mean i didn't even know who they were and I mean, I quickly did. It was, that's an amazing organization, but no, I had no idea who they were. So what do you do with your championship rings now? That's a funny story. I don't wear them. I mean, they're really, they're huge. So I actually have them in their respective boxes. They are in, 
so bad. They're in a suitcase right now, kind of hidden because, well, if we go on vacation or anything, I don't want them out and I don't have like a safe or anything. So I have them hidden in a suitcase in their boxes. I have to be brutally honest here. That might be the most underwhelming story of what did I do with my championship rings ever. <laughs> I know, it's so bad. I mean, someday I, when I have a house, you know, I'd like to put them like on display or something. But right now they're kind of hidden. So there's a really funny story here with your longtime boyfriend, Jet, who is a huge Lakers fan because he's a smart man, you know. But when the Warriors won in 2000 and <laughs> was it 16, you took him on the championship parade with you. So how does a Lakers fan feel being on the parade of Market Street, downtown San Francisco for another team? <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, I would give him tickets to like go to games. I always got two so he could always bring a buddy or he would go with my younger brother or something. And he never seemed excited to go to games. And <laughs> it would always make me so angry and frustrated because it's like the coolest thing. And I thought it was the coolest thing. When it came time to going to the parade after they won, he was ecstatic. Like I had never seen him like that. He was like a kid in a candy shop, right? like in, cause he's a big A's fan. So Oakland is like, his city he's super pumped on it so I mean he was running around the streets of Oakland with like a blow horn and like confetti just like clapping people's hands and waving and it, it was pretty funny I respect Jet so much a true Laker fan so diehard that when he's given tickets to you know what was the greatest stretch of a basketball team maybe ever he still like has this Lakers MO in the back of his head that's a true fan right there <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so frustrating. But yeah. One of the things we ask everyone who comes on the show is about their why. What is your why in life? Like, what is your ultimate motivation and purpose? So for example, mine is I want to win a world championship ring and I want to give it to my dad. What is your why? Well, besides being able to get a house and to put my rings on display and not have them in a suitcase. <laughs> but besides that, I think I'm just, I'm passionate about sports and what sports does for people. And, you know, whether that's gifting kids a new pair of cleats or moments like, you know, being at your first baseball game with your dad, just those mo those, those moments and those sport moments, it's just larger than life. And I'm, it's just so cool. So just being a part of that is kind of my why and why I wake up every day. So sitting here today, you can take all these moments, all these career changes, all these leaps of faith, all the bets you had to make on yourself from switching schools to switching industries to brand new job functions. What are the things that you know today that you wish you knew back when you first started? Um, I think that's always a great question. I wish that I knew how to separate, I think, my, my personal identity with that of my professional identity. And like what I mean by that is not being like a different person in, in between either functions. I mean, not letting your work define you, I think. I mean, I played competitive soccer growing up and I let that define me. I think I, you know, I was a competitive soccer player and then I started working in professional sports. I think I let the earthquakes and then the warriors kind of become who I am. I didn't know who I was or what I was without those things once that was all over. So when I moved to Oregon and I wanted to work at Nike, for a moment there, I don't, I didn't really know who I was and I kind of felt like I lost a little bit of my identity. Um, and I think it's really important to kind of take a step back and really own and develop your own personal brand and really kind of focus and meditate on what makes you different and what makes you unique. Because I think, I mean, those are the traits that are hireable. Do you have any advice or a message for people, whether it's for a company or just their own personal brand? Like, how do you find a brand identity? 
I mean, that's going to be different for everyone, but I mean, honestly, staying, it's, it's so terrible. I don't know if it's bad to say, but I feel like staying off social media and looking at other people and trying to obtain a certain image or a certain level in your career and just stop putting so much pressure on yourself to be something other than yourself and just take a step back and just, I mean, try and remember what it was, you know, what made you happy when you were a kid and just focus on those types of things and, re- and not look at other people. That's really beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Where will we see Kelsey Kraskian in two to three years? I love retail marketing and definitely, I mean, on the brand side of things, I would like to say a, a senior manager or director of a brand. All right, Kelsey, this has been amazing. Here's what we're going to do now. We're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to ask you some quick hitter personal questions, some of your sports preferences or just information about you. Give us your authentic first answer off the cuff. All right, let's go. Let's do it. All right, Kelsey Kraskian, quick hitters. (laughs) Let's go. Who is your favorite female athlete of all time? Mia Hamm. If you were a major leaguer, what would your walk-up song be? Thunderstruck, ACDC. Great answer. That's actually (laughs) what Southern Utah University ran out to. (laughs) What celebrity do people tell you that you look like? So No, I mean, no one has told me that. I do not have, I don't think I have a doppelganger. So I don't know. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. So we post this on Instagram, the Hot Coffee Cold Beer Podcast on Instagram. We need everybody to go on and comment underneath Kelsey's picture and like tell us who we think her doppelganger is. (laughs) Oh God, that could be dangerous. Positive comments, please, only. (laughs) Only positive comments. (laughs) We've bragged a lot about your old town, Santa Cruz, but now I want to take some time to talk about your now town. So these next few questions, I'm going to give you a Portland stereotype and you have to tell us whether this is real or not real. Okay. Everyone in Portland is a hipster. Not real. Real or not real. You've met real life versions of the characters on Portlandia with Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein. (laughs) Real. People in Portland love brunch more than any other meal. Not real. Happy hour is a big thing. That was a weird one. I called a couple people from Portland to kind of do some research on this, and they brought that up, and I, I've never heard that before. That can't be real. That sounds like a Californian thing. I don't think thing. so. It's an L.A. thing. Brunch. Mimosas. Bottomless mimosas. Here, it's like beer for happy hour after work. Real or not real? Everyone in Portland has either a bike or a dog. Real. <laughs> I have both. <laughs> Voodoo's donuts are the best donuts in America. Not real. I like Blue Star. Going against the grain here. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> Real or not real, everyone from Portland hates Californians. That's real. For the longest time, we still had our California license plates and people like on the road would tail you or give you like death stares. And yeah, it was it was a real thing for a while. So we are, we're closet Californians. Closeted Californians, <laughs> another great name for a band. We're on a roll. <laughs> real or not real, Portland needs an NHL or an MLB team. Oh gosh, real. They need both. One of the coolest parts about Portland is your old minor league baseball stadium turned into a soccer stadium where the Portland Timbers and the Portland Thorns play. It's really cool. It's very unique. Yep. It's very Portland is what it is. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, to fly. Who is your favorite <laughs> stand-up comedian alive today? I have three of them. Okay. So Chris D'Elia, Ali Wong, she's hilarious, and Brad Williams. I love Brad Williams so much. And different lifetime ago, as a failed stand-up comedian, I was doing open mic nights. And this is so funny. All three of the people you mentioned, I have met just by virtue of doing open mic nights. So all three of those people have seen me bomb at the Laugh Factory. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that's, 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 
I had no idea that you did stand up. Super jealous that you met them. I feel like you knew this about me and you just wanted to bring this up as a dagger. You're like, who are three people <laughs> that will trigger Brock Hendricks? I did my research too. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> and the last one we have for you, give us a 15 second elevator pitch for why University of California, Santa Cruz is the best university in America. They're the mascot, are, it's banana slugs. That's all you need right there. They're the banana slugs. Great answer in way under 15 <laughs> seconds. Kelsey, thank you so much for doing this and thanks for coming on. You just kind of exemplify everything that I think a sports business professional should be like and act like and really happy for you and all your success and excited to see where the world takes you in the next couple of years. And thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me. Today's episode of Hot Coffee, Cold Beer is independently produced by Brock L. Hendricks. The content you heard today does not reflect the opinion or views of AEG, Staples Center, the Los Angeles Lakers, Clippers, Kings, or Sparks, or any of its affiliates, subsidiaries, and partners. 